Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back to the second part of Sacred Space in West Limerick 102. My name is John Keeley, joined in studio by Father Michal Liston and Shane Ambrose. This morning we celebrate, and today we celebrate, the Feast of the Holy Trinity. So we thought it would be a good idea now to get two people inside the studio who know all about the Holy Trinity, and John will just sit back here and, t- and listen to some beautiful thoughts coming through. But we'll start off with Father Michal. The Holy Trinity, people would say it's a big mystery and so on and so forth, but no, you're going to unravel a little bit for us. Well, I'm, I'm glad you say you mentioned the word mystery, and at least you didn't say it is a big problem. A big <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Because it's, it's the tremendous, tremendous rich, my God. And I feel that feast day of the Blessed Trinity is a kind of a summary of all the feasts and all the joy and celebration and wonder that we have had since Christmas and the wise kings and yeah. then... Lent and the joyful season of Lent and Holy Week and the sorrows of Christ and the death and the resurrection, then all through the mystery of the Ascension and Pentecost and the Holy Spirit gathering us all, and is all summarized in the feast day of the Blessed Trinity, who we are. And I think the first word I would ask, invite us all to think about his family, or any place that we belong, belonging, that's what his as they say, all about. Mm. The great image of the Father. The Father is reaching out to all of us, his children, as we have in the prayer of the Eucharistic Congress. The Father, his heart to gather all who are scattered. And maybe it isn't just scattered. Uh, all of us maybe who are driving a car now or sitting down at home, and maybe especially if we feel we're weak or life is over or it is harsh or we are disappointed or we made mistakes or we're, whatever way we are bruised. It is the tender, tender look of our Father, the gaze of our Father on us, that that is the starting point of how we get to know the Trinity. Because the Father sent out Jesus, as it were, the most precious, the, 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 the one who is nearest the Father's heart. One translation, he sent out Jesus from the cockles of his heart to, to us, to be with us. And he, came, and he sent out Jesus as a baby. This is a mystery. This is rich. This is tender. This is warm. And all the mystery of Christmas is about something of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what the the Feast Day of the Trinity is, all that wonder of God reaching out to us, coming out to us as a baby, and coming to the shepherds, coming to the people who are working at night. And uh, that's the spirit of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he did not come just to join us, to be with us, to share our pain, our weariness, our tiredness, our hunger, our suffering, our betrayal, our letdownness, to share all that, violence, being violated, being abused. He didn't just come to share all that. Yes, he did do all that, but he came to, in some way, open our hearts up that he could invite us to share all he has, the belonging he has with the Father. As he said to Mary Magdalene, I I return to my Father and your Father. St. Peter asked him how to pray. Thus shall you pray and say, 
our Father. He was drawing us into all that he had of life. And he was drawing us in tenderly. And, of course, we are all maybe conscious of our petty sins or our big sins or our imagined sins or whatever. We're unclean, as St. Peter said. But he said, look, for God's sake, my blood is stronger. Mm. And Christians repeated down through the centuries, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. To... To, not to cut ourselves that we aren't sinners or foolish or stupid or make mistakes or whatever, whatever. But no, but the, the, the blood of the Lamb is stronger. It can wash all. That we would all be with him at the wedding feast of the Lamb. Blessed are those called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Uh, it, that is the Trinity. The, the, the Spirit that reaches out to us to, to help us accept the Word. The Spirit that helps us accept Jesus. He came to his own, his own received him not. But to those who did receive him, he gave power to become children of God. As he said to the people who are my brother and sister and mother, those who are listening to my words and who keep my words, they are my brothers and my sisters and my mother. It is all about family. It is all about tenderness. It is all about being together. The prodigal son, welcome home. It's all about those who are dead coming alive again, those who are lost being found. It's all about family, welcome, hospitality, warrant. And that's what the Trinity is. And I love to imagine, maybe it's a bit simple, but the whole thing coming out of the father sitting down at the fire and the son coming in for his evening tea and the father saying, how are you? And Jesus saying, great. Mm. And then the father said, yes, it's fine for us. We have a great fire here, a great spirit, a great love, a great tenderness. But I was looking at those misfortunate human beings. And I know they're great now in many ways. But look, he said to his son, Jesus, would you go out and bring them all in? Mm. Invite them all in. Because a strange thing about the invitation of God to be in his family is that he could. Well, now he asked Mary for permission almost to enter our family. But for each one of us to come into his house, he doesn't force us. He gave us freedom when he made us. The image of God, the freedom of God. He gave us a share in that. And we have this extraordinary freedom to say no. But maybe we got our freedom so that we would be able to say yes joyfully and take part in this extraordinary plan of God, this extraordinary kingdom of God. Our Father who art in heaven, thy will be done. And we have freedom to say yes to this life of the Trinity among us. Recently, as a priest, I've been present at a lot of First Communion occasions, a lot of confirmation occasions, and I would even say First Confession occasions, but there's so much joy in those children, so much joy in the parents. And the mother who says after the First Communion uh, morning, I didn't think to touch me like that. Well, I think that this is the, the life of the Trinity touching an ordinary human everyday family when one of their child makes the First Communion and there's a reverence and a celebration and a joy. That's uh, the family of God and the human family together. That's the mystery of the Trinity, all that tenderness. And... Uh, 
I love the phrase of Jesus at one stage where he's almost explaining why he decided to accept the Father's plan to be to go through all the crucifixion and all that. And he says, I came that did it all, that my joy may be in you and your joy be complete. And I see those words really alive in First Communion mornings, in Confirmation mornings, in First Confession, but of course also in the joy of children at Christmas. And more and more I see the vocation of parents, the vocation of parishes, the vocation of the priest. is not just to safeguard that joy, not just to protect children, but how can we nourish that joy of those children, the joy of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how can we all um, have had that communion with Christ and with each other and the joy of that communion? And that's what our Eucharistic Congress is about. That's what our parishes are for. And that's why we must talk to each other. And like the disciples after the road to Emmaus, we must talk to each other about the occasions when our hearts burn within us. Father Michael, thank you very much indeed for that. Shane, I'm going to invite you to follow that. I was going to say, can I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. It was absolutely um, beautiful. You know, and as Father Michal said, like um, Trinity, sometimes it's 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 a word that we can get bogged down in, and mm. sometimes I've noticed that lately with things with church, we get very bogged down in words. It gets very wordy sometimes, and Trinity is kind of one of those ones where people kind of there. Well, what the blazes does it mean? And I think Father Michal has done a wonderful. I I, start, I lost count. We we basically oh. went from scripture from beginning to finish <laughs> in terms of examples of the Trinity and how we experience it. And you know, <clears throat> when someone says to me, "Well, what do you think of when you think of the Trinity?" I don't worry about theology or theories mm. or anything mm-hmm. else. I, for me, I think of one thing, and that's the Rublev icon. It's a beautiful, beautiful Russian icon that shows three persons sitting around a table, and it represents the story of the three visitors to Abraham that are recounted in the book of Genesis. Mm. Where, of course, the tradition is the three people, that the three angels that come to to visit Abraham are the three persons of the Trinity, Mm. Father, Mm. Son, and Spirit. (coughs) And it is a beautiful icon because it shows three individuals in various colours, which in in iconography symbolise the different persons of the Trinity. But they're sitting around the table and there's an open space at the table. Mm. And the open space draws you in. When you look at it and you're meditating on it, it draws you in. And that's, for me, I think kind of what we have to reflect on this morning. Because, as Michal said, you know, the Feast of the Holy Trinity is almost the climax of everything we've celebrated from Christmas to Easter to Ascension to Pentecost. Mm. Because it's what we're called to reflect on. We're called to be in communion with God. And it's actually interesting. The theme of our Eucharistic Congress this year is, you know, Eucharist, communion with God and with one another. And Mm. it's a serious thing we need to (coughs) reflect on, I suppose, that are we in communion with each other? Are, you know, as a family, as individuals, as a community, as church, you know, when you talk about the Trinity, you talk about, someone said, the mystery of God and who God is and what God is. And sometimes we struggle to understand God because, you know, you're trying to describe him by things that are created, Mm -hmm. but you're describing the creator of all things, you know. Mm. So we struggle with language sometimes and we try to put words on it. And that's kind of where I was getting back to words at the start. Sometimes when we try to put words on things, we limit it. You know, we're trying to control it. Mm. Um, But if you think of, like, I think of that poem by uh, 
Joseph Mary Plunkett, you know, um, I see his blood upon the rose and in the stars, the glory of his eyes. You know, they, they experience the divine in everyday life, looking around and seeing it. You know, the experience of love, because that's ultimately what the Trinity is. It's love. Deus Caritas says, God is love. That's what we're told. God is love. And it's, we're, as Michal said, we're welcomed into the love of the Father and the Son. You know, that has, mm. that has been poured out for us. And of course, it's, it's, it's interesting, I suppose, because when you look for examples of the Trinity in everyday life, I think for me, the most exa- the best example is um, a family. Mm. You know, because you have the father, the mother <coughs> generally, and the children. And, you know, the love that's between them is a kind of a prime example of the Trinity in one respect. Mm. You know, it's the father, the mother, and the love that brings forth great joy in their children. So that's just a couple of words. Mahal, do you have anything to... Just to finish yes. up, just for the last few seconds. I, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, mentioned the, the whole question of explaining the Trinity, which is a kind of a disastrous attempt, really, uh, where it is, uh, in one sense, it is the, the, the mystery of why did the three persons, the joyful lovers of God, decide to invite all the rest of us in? Mm. And and because we were a bit messed up, they had they had to do a job on us and set up a system of that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so the cross and the passion and, and all that kind of thing, and and in one sense it it's extraordinary, it's beautiful, mm. and it, it's any way it is about joy and the fruitfulness of joy, and uh, I love that that it's about what the angel said to the shepherds. The very beginning, you bring you good news of great joy for all the people. How great the tale that there should be in God's son's heart a place for me. That on a sinner's lips like mine, the cross of Jesus Christ should shine. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Father Mahal, thank you very much. Okay, at this stage, we must go for break. Um, for this next piece of music, I decided to piece, pick a piece by Mark Forrest from his album, You Are Mine. And this one is actually entitled Only a God. So let's hear this.
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back to the third part of Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. My name is John Kelly, still joined in studio by Father Michal Liston and Shane Ambrose. And as we always say in the program, uh, this is the most important part of the program as far as we're concerned, where we read the Gospel and reflect on the same. So before we do that, I'm going to read a prayer that we always read each Sunday uh, before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'll ask Father Michal now to read the Gospel, please, this morning. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples set out for Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. When they saw him, they fell down before him, though some hesitated. Jesus came up and spoke to them, he said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all the commands I gave you, and know that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. Thank you very much, Neil, for that, Father Michal. Shane, would you start us off in a reflection for that, please, this morning? Sure, John. Um, this week's Gospel, I think, for me, it was a very hopeful gospel during the week that's nice to hear yeah um i i suppose uh, there was two things i suppose that particularly struck me i suppose is that, that last line you know know that i'm with you always yes to the end of time yeah and then uh but we'll we'll come to it you know go, going from mm. the start i suppose you know in this in this gospel we have matthew's account basically of uh the final ap- appearance of jesus to the disciples <coughs> after the resurrection um luke I think it is has the tradition that the ascension occurred from the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, whereas Matthew says that it happened in Galilee. So we have the slight disconnect, and mm-hmm. of course we have you know the return to Galilee where his mission started, and of course we have again they've gone up a mountain to encounter the divine. So again we have this great you know resonance throughout mm-hmm. Scripture of going to the, 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 the mountain to seek the divine. We have Tabor, we have Sinai, we have Calvary, Horeb, all of that. And then, you know, when they, saw da- when they saw him, they fell down before him, though some hesitated. Now, that was the first line, actually, that gave me a great bit of hope this week. Because some hesitated. That was the word that jumped out at me. Mm, because I said mm. to myself, you know what? There's hope for us all. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you had some of the apostles, so they had traveled with Jesus. Yeah, for three they years. had seen him in Jerusalem mm. after the resurrection, and still they hesitated. Mm-hmm. You know, for those of us out there, when we have doubts or we are worried about our faith or we're conflicted about things, you know, it gives us great hope. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
though some hesitated. I, and for me, that was a that was a hopeful thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus came up and he spoke to them. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. And that command still rings out today. Mm. It's to each and every one of us. Go. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you, when you're at mass, the final, I suppose, the dismissal at the end of mass is, you know, go, you are sent. Yes. That's kind of isa misa est. Mm-hmm. You are sent out to spread the good news. And I suppose that's what this gospel reminds us of this week again, that we have good news to share. Mm-hmm. Despite what people think, despite mm-hmm. what they say, we have good news to share. And that is what we're asked to do, to share that good news. You know, and we're reminded that I am with you always. Yes, to the end of time. So, you know, when you're, if you're there this morning and you're worried or concerned about something or just worried about things in general, because, you know, there's things, a lot to be worried about at the moment. Mm. You know, it offers us great hope. Yeah. I am with you always. Yes, to the end of time. Nice bit of hope to finish up with there, Father Mihal. Would you, would you go along with that? Yes, and again, that phrase... Though some hesitated, has always been a favourite of mine. And more and more, I think that we can often have the image of the, well, it is 11 disciples here, because poor Judas the 12th had, well, gone to his own place, as Mm. the scripture says. But those 11, they had been through a rough business. They had left everything. They had followed Jesus. They had all the highs and the lows and then the the sufferings of watching and the disgrace and the betrayal and how their own behavior was. And the whole revelation of their own weakness and a public revelation in front of each other. They were true rough stuff. And I, I think we'd be very brave to say, oh, we are suffering more. We are true rougher stuff. Maybe some are, but not the most of us, maybe. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so therefore, uh, these people that Jesus commissioned at the very with all authority in heaven and earth, and they were the ones he stuck with, and he said, "Go, and then make disciples of all the nations." That extraordinary commission given to battered, limited, weak human beings, who were whose weakness was, had been publicly revealed and revealed to each other as well. That's extraordinary. Uh, keep our focus on the risen Christ as, as our focus, as where, it, where the heart is, where the light is, where the energy is. Now, there's another word there that I think in our time in Ireland, we need to, as, if we're to be friends of Jesus, make disciples of all the nations. Disciple is a learner. Mm-hmm. Make learners of all the nations. And if we are to be make others learners, I think we have to be learners ourselves. And even that phrase Jesus used, I have told you everything I have learned from the Father. Mm-hmm. Jesus presents himself as the son, yes, as the obedient son, as the serving son, but as the learning son. And I think that uh, maybe I'm bold now, but we Irish Catholics have opted out of that aspect of the imitation of Christ. Uh, we have a tendency to say, well, look, I made my confirmation. I was educated in a Catholic school, a Catholic home, mm-hmm. and therefore if I don't know now, it is their fault. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we are to imitate Jesus, to be like Jesus, to allow his joy <coughs> into us, 
we're invited to be learners. And John in the prayer there before scriptures used that phrase, which I think is strong, where we pray that we will not despise this word. And I think that's really because if we ignore and ignore the word, ignore our capacity to hear it, our capacity to be stretched by it, our capacity to learn from it, if we ignore all that, it is despising really. So we are asked uh, to be disciples ourselves and then make disciples of all the nations. And then, of course, Trinity Sunday, baptize them, draw them into, plunge them into the intimacy of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, into that tenderness, into that warmth, into that infinity of forgiveness and healing. And again, back to the learning, teach them to observe all the commands I gave you. And then that beautiful, beautiful sense that we Christians are asked to have always of the presence of God. And know that I'm with you always, yes, to the end of time. The tenderness, the loyalty, the the richness, the hope. Father, thank you very much indeed for that. I suppose um, just my own little uh, word in the contribution would be, again, Lectio Divina helps me out a lot there of a Monday night in Newcastle West. And what I heard this week was teach them to observe all the commands that I gave you. And I think Father just touched on it there. I would be concerned for myself anyway that it's very important that if I'm going to teach anybody that I really need to know what I'm talking about. And so therefore, for me, Lectio Divina is very important every week because it allows me... I think Shane mentioned it once or twice before. It's very important to read to read the gospel out loud, maybe to yourself, and read it a few times, and ask the Holy Spirit to come in, and be guided by the Holy Spirit as to what Jesus is trying to say to me, rather than me picking up the ball the way I want to pick it up and go out and teach something to somebody that really isn't what Jesus wants me to speak about. So for me, I think it's very important that before I go out and teach, or before I go out and uh, be a disciple of Jesus, I've really got to understand what what's Jesus all about and what's he speaking about. And this week, I think we spoke about that we've got the Trinity, we've got the Father who loves us, we've got the Son who come down and showed us how it's done, and then we've got the Holy Spirit that's with us all the time. Shane, just one last minute there, maybe? Yeah, just as was a kind of one last thought um, that struck me just as we were going through it. And it's the idea, I suppose, of, of of beginnings and ends. Because as Father Michal said, you know, the Trinity is kind of the culmination of everything we've done, Christmas through to Ascension. And the disciples have returned to Galilee and returned to the mountains of Galilee. And, you know, it's so they've gone almost in full circle. So like the, whole, the Feast of the Holy Trinity, which brings us back full circle again to the start, the disciples have gone back to the start. And I suppose it's a reminder to us that our faith journey is continuous. It never stops, as Michal says. We're constant. We're constantly learning, you know. And I that great. I love that 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 imagery that Michal uses as well of you know plunging into baptism. Mm. You know, sometimes when we when we're baptized now or we see baptisms in church, it's a little dribble of water over a baby's head. Mm. But of course, you know, sometimes when you other times when you see baptisms, it's full body immersion, and it's to remind us that we are completely to be immersed in God and the love of God, and that you know learning about. Our relationship with God is a continuous process that like a bottomless pool that we can dive into again and again and again. And of course, as Michal said as well, you know, it's getting back to that beautiful expression, the presence of God with us. I am with you always. Yes, to the end of time. 
Shane, thanks for that. And Father, just the last minute or so, please. Well, uh, again, I'm so pleased that we have invited ourselves and invited our listeners to keep away from the Trinity as a mathematical puzzle, Mm. that it is uh, what the angels were talking about to the shepherds, good news of great joy to be shared by all the people. And uh, I suppose, again, if I was to make a plea, maybe to myself, that we're so, I think, afraid of trusting in words as revealers of reality. Maybe we're keen on words as useful or plumas or entertainment, but just a word that reveals. And it isn't about controlling or explaining, or, but just reveals. And uh, I think that if we could be, be learners in that sense of allowing our hearts be stretched by the wonder and the joy, that the grace of God is offering us on this feast day and every day. Beautiful, Father Michal. Thank you very much, Neil, for that. Okay, we'll go for our third bit of music now this morning. Again, it's from John Merkel Talbot, from his album, The Troubadour, For the Lord. And this one is actually entitled, Come Worship the Lord. So let's hear this. Come worship the Lord For we are His people Oh 
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.